Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Flair podcast. This is the podcast where we're going to explore everything to do with the creative industry, the art world, and art in general. My name is James Carter, and guess what? I'm going to be your host. Yay. I think this is episode six now we're doing. So, woohoo! So, today I want to be talking to you about the issues over copyright of AI generated artworks. This is a really, really interesting topic, and last week I actually covered um, to do with everything to do with AI artworks, what it is, how it works, and all that sort of stuff. And in that episode, I mentioned I was going to cover copyright over AI artworks, but it ran a little bit too long, so I've had to split it into two episodes. This episode should not be anywhere near as long because I'm only focusing specifically on the copyright issues of generated artworks. Anyway, quickly before we dive into that, I'd like to quickly thank everybody for watching the podcast and all the amazing support I've received over it. And also the Creative Flare platform has also just been released for beta the other day. And I had 373 people sign up for it, which was very mind-blowing to me. And I just wanted to thank everybody who's done that. And it's been absolutely fantastic, amazing support. And just thank you very much. The official release for the platform is due to be the 17th of April. So... Hopefully some people are looking forward to that, and I know I am. Right, let's get into this. Once again, I have all my stuff written down on my phone, so I'm not ignoring you. I'm reading off here just for like the different topics and points I want to cover. Okay, okay let's get into it. Let's just move this a little bit. Okay, first up, ownership of the art. Who owns the rights to AI-generated artwork? Would it be the AI system, the person who trained it, the AI itself, or the person who's actually given the prompt? This is a very, very interesting thing to think about. So when you think about how AI-generated artworks work, which I explained in the previous episode, which if you haven't seen that, I definitely recommend watching that and listening to that one first because that's me explaining how this all works. This isn't me explaining how it works. This is me trying to give an argument for... Not give an argument. This is me trying to, yeah, give an argument for both sides of copyright of the AI world. Which, uh, yeah, going to cause a lot of spark, a lot of debate, and people are going to probably hate me for it. But okay. I don't personally, I just want to get on the record, I don't personally have a preference as to which way this should swing or which way it should balance out. I am, I do like the technology side of AI works, but I'm also, by trade, a traditional artist. So... You know, and I like digital works and th there's pros and cons to each of them. And I don't really sway either way. I'm not biased towards one or the other. I just want to give a leveled playing ground for the arguments. Because usually, as um, as people have said, when most people talk about this, it usually just goes around in circles and circles because one person wants to focus on this and one person wants to focus on that. Me, I can just explain it and talk to you and with an unbiased opinion. Now, you may argue with me that I'm not unbiased towards it. But I can argue that I am because I am a traditional artist by trade, but I have also played around with art with AI artworks myself as well. And I just think it's really interesting, to be honest. And the way in the way that you can use tools for it, but also the way that it can damage the art world as well. But I yeah, anyway. Who owns the copyright? to AI-generated artworks. So when you input that prompt into an AI 
artwork generator, such as DALI 2, which is run by OpenAI, which is also the same company that has given us ChatGPT3 and ChatGPT4, and all the ChatGPTs, really. Don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, out of breath already. Let's say you input a prompt into there, and it gives you a output. You input the prompt, it gives you an output image, okay? That AI has been trained on all of this massive database of different artworks and different images, different styles, and all of those sorts of things. So it knows what Van Gogh's style looked like. It knows what Monet's style looked like. It knows what a specific object is within a specific image, such as a cactus or a laptop, or I'm running out of ideas here, <laughs> like a book, I don't know, a house all sorts of things. It knows what a field looks like or a sheep. So it can get generate, sorry, it can generate the image of a sheep in the style of Van Gogh. Van Gogh, Van Gogh, either one. And so once it does that, who owns the copyright to that? There is an argument that I've seen recently around the prompter or the promptee, if you will, should own the copyright of this artwork because the image would not exist without the initial prompt that was given. So I thought that was quite an interesting argument, even though when you really think about it, none of this would exist without the original artworks that was able for the AI to actually generate the images off of, such as Van Gogh's artworks. Should he own the, the right to those works? because it could be argued that they're being reproduced in his style. And it's a specific style. He has a very unique style that is not usually seen nowadays. He has a very unique style. And there is this argument that generative AI can be seen as a revolutionary printing press, if you will, and a way of bringing about dead artist styles to create new works and stuff. And I, I think that's quite interesting because it allows us to see what that artist may or may not have created in a certain style of a specific subject. And in all honesty, it kind of ruins the magic a little bit, but it also makes it really, really interesting and a fascinating field to study and look at. So there's a recent thing that's been going around about dancing cats on Mars in the style of Picasso. Now that's very odd, very strange, and Picasso never painted any cats dancing on Mars. But we're going to look into that for a little section because that can be explained. So we have artificial intelligence that knows what cats are, and we have artificial intelligence that knows what Picasso's style was, and it also knows what images of Mars look like. Now, all of that has been stored onto a database, and most of it has been unethically sourced. Absolutely, completely unethically sourced, which is another thing which is happening on Instagram, where they're actually sourcing a lot of the materials of other artists' artwork to be stored onto the databases, allowing anybody to actually generate artworks in the style of a specific Instagram artist, for example. And it is very unethical to think about, and I think it's absolutely criminal because there are certain platforms such as Shutterstock for stock photography. If you're anybody in the art world at all, you would know about Shutterstock and um, and like royalty-free images and trying to get reference images is really hard as an artist. 
but in order to get the reference imaging, you have to license the images off of the original photographer who took the images. OpenAI and generative artificial intelligence don't license these images at all. It's very unethically sourced and there's certain copyright issues over it, which is why I'm trying to explain it. I'm not doing a very good job, so I apologize. But when you think about that copyright issue, so it's very hard to track down that specific image that artificial intelligence has been using because it's not using just one image. It is arguably creating a whole new image. But in order to create, and as I've said in the past, nothing is ever new. You're only taking two or more separate ideas and merging them together to create the illusion of something new, right? The difference is with this is that you can't really track down what those pre-thought-out images are or what they've used to make this new so-called image. So the images of the dancing cats on Mars, it has the images of cats and it has the images of Picasso's style and it has the images of Mars, all, all those sorts of things. And it knows what the surface of Mars looks like because of, let's say, NASA images. And so it's sourced those images of what Mars surfaces look like. It knows what cats look like so it, and it knows what dancing is. And so it makes the cats sort of like standing on their heads or dancing or whatever. And it places those into the image in the style of Picasso because it knows what Picasso's style was. And so you get that outcome of the image. <clears throat> so you have three separate copyright holders for just the image itself. No, you have four. You have NASA, for example, that has the uh, Mars photographs. You have the people who have uploaded images of their cats or the AI has images of those people's cats dancing, for example. And you have Picasso and Picasso's style. They're the three unique individuals or entities that the artificial intelligence would have got this information and images off of unethically sourced, naturally. And so it then generates a new image. But then the fourth arguer for the AI-generated image would actually be the prompter or the promptee who has actually given the prompt for AI to generate the image. Now, usually most people, when they think about who owns the copyright of it, they're usually thinking about the argument, does the AI own the copyright for it, even though the artificial intelligence does not have a held entity. But there is a certain thing within the metadata that actually does sort of suggest that AI and all the artworks and generated images generated by a specific AI is owned by the company that generated or created that AI. But that's for very specific companies and they're all very different. They all have their own legal issues and balances to argue it out with. So that that's another thing is that the, the companies that created the artificial intelligence could potentially own the copyright. Which brings us back round to the prompter, the promptee, and the whole um, AI-generated work. If I were to input a prompt, I have created that prompt, which means I then put that prompt into the artificial intelligence image generator. It will then generate me an image based on that prompt. Remember, that prompt wouldn't exist without me. And so it gives me an output image. Now, 
I couldn't have created that output image, even though I have the prompt. Now I could in do it in traditional art mediums or I could with digital art mediums. So I could physically draw it. All this is, is me not physically drawing it. All it is, is a quick, fast paced method of creating art that is not using any technical skill except the imagination and use of prompts. So it's arguable that the image would not exist without the artificial intelligence generated when it generated the image, but it then wouldn't exist without the prompt. And so it's very much a catch 22 when you try to actually argue it out. So it's one of those things that you can't actually specifically define who owns or the copyright, who owns the copyright for that specific image. It's something that's very hard to argue with and for and about and everybody has their own mindset and thought process on it and i really really would like to know what you guys think of it because my audience is very much art focused and very much creative individuals so i do believe that it's going to sway to the idea that um ai is wrong in art but that's not the argument here that's that's last week's argument this is who owns the copyright of it okay so who owns the copyright for an image generated like that? Now, I do really quickly also want to talk about how there's certain stock imaging, not stock imaging, there's certain stock photograph platforms that are also uh, trying to combat against this. Now, I do believe it was Shutterstock or it wouldn't be Raw Pixel. I think it was Shutterstock, just, just as an example. I can't remember the specific name. And Shutterstock's the first one that comes to mind. So what Shutterstock did, um, no, sorry, let me rephrase that. When all of this AI image generation started to come out and it was really big and it was happening and loads of people were doing it and loads of people still doing it. But when it was very brand new, nobody really knew or understood how any of it worked or nobody preconceived what the copyright issues could potentially be over this, okay? So naturally, as an artist, when I want to reference or use a reference image that I found online, I will go and license the image, which allows me to use that photograph. I have not taken photographs. I try and take as many reference photographs for myself that I can, but more often than not, I find reference photos online to use. And you've got to be really careful over the copyright of this. And this has been a big thing for artists and photographers over the years. And there's been massive arguments and massive debates over it about should a certain um, artist be allowed to use a certain photographer's photograph because uh, there's a lot of people that sort of don't appreciate photography for some reason. And it, it is its own art form. And those people have worked hard to get the image even though they did just click a button, but they've done more than click the button. But you see how some people can think about it, right? And what people were trying to do was actually generate certain images using artificial intelligence, and then they would upload them onto these stock photograph platforms and sell them. So they could have generated an image of a cactus or a field or something, and then sell the licensing of that image to artists that wanted to use it as reference and that was a big thing and Shutterstock had to really jump on top of this because in their terms and conditions they've never had to think about 
artificial intelligence generated works. They've only ever thought about artists and photographers and people who would want to use these photographers' images, right? So that then brings up the issue of the copyright over these generated images being sold on photo photography stock websites, right? Because the people who generated the artwork, sorry, the people who gave the prompt to generate the artwork, do they own the rights to sell those images? Or would it be the artificial intelligence itself or the entity that owns the artificial intelligence? Or would it be the individual's artworks and styles and images that are in the database that the AI unethically sourced from? Yeah. So Shutterstock, for example, had to very quickly and very rapidly decide, right, is this right or is it wrong? Is it unethical? Is it ethical? They had to really quickly think about that. And essentially they came up that, nope, you cannot sell artificial intelligence generated artworks on the platform because it is primarily thought of as a photography platform. There are some platforms that do allow the sale of these generated artworks, which, yeah, okay, is one of those things because none of it would exist without the prompt but then none of it would exist without the unethical sourcing of our artworks as artists or photographers. And there's loads of different things to consider around it. But I do have another point I would like to cover as well, which would be the attribution side of it. So how do you actually attribute the ownership to AI-generated artwork? Should it be attributed to the human creator, the AI system, or both? Right now, that's an interesting thing to think that it could be attributed to both of them. So it is one of those things that if I were to generate an image and then say, I've done this, it's original and claim it as my own, right? That could be seen as me using artificial intelligence as no more than a tool, same as I would use a pencil to draw, right? which I think is a little bit iffy and it's very iffy, right? But that leads us into the consideration and idea that when you collaborate as an artist, you collaborate with another artist and then you give them credit, okay? You give those people credit when you have collaborated on an art project, which I think is very good and you absolutely should always do that. So is it possible that we could attribute credit to artificial intelligence image generators when us as artists use them to help us create our artworks? Which is not just saying, right, here's the image and there's the output, but you used AI to help you create a final outcome of an image or a product and a physical painting itself. Could it be that you give credit and copyright claim to the AI system itself as well? Once again, I don't really know. I don't have a lot of answers for these. These are really just me giving insight and trying to explain it the best I can to you from a slightly different perspective or a slightly different angle you might not have heard before. 
So then we move on to originality. Can artificial intelligence art be considered truly original or is it just a product of algorithms and databases? So does it actually meet the threshold of creativity required for copyright protection? So if you didn't know, you can't just claim copyright on anything. In the art world, there has to be a certain level of um, creative authorship. If that's the right word. Yeah, creative ownership, creative authorship over that specific artwork. So there was a really interesting debate over copyright claims over one of Shepard Fairey's artworks, which I'm very sure it was the Barack Obama poster that he did, which was really good artwork. And but essentially it was a stencil that he did and it, he created artwork based off of this image anyway fantastic artwork very iconic you almost everybody in the art world knows of this photograph you own the image and you'd know the exact one i'm talking about and what happened is somebody came forward and basically said you can't use this artwork you can't claim copyright ownership over this artwork because i took the original photograph of barack obama mm -hmm. okay so there's problems with that okay I'm very sure it was that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. There's been loads of different ones, and quite often they sort of merge together, so I'm very sure it was that one. But that happened, which I thought was quite uh, quite interesting. And there's also been loads of other ones that have happened around that. But that initial thought that that originality could not be within artificial intelligence is a very good and interesting thought to consider because you do have to have a certain amount of artistic presence and artistic licensing within a, an image, which is where within many of these stock photographs as well, you won't really find artists just copying the images. You'll find a lot of newbies doing it, but that's absolutely fine. You know, learning, that's absolutely fine. But when you progress a little more, you'll take a little bit of this image, a little bit of that image, maybe a little bit over here, and then you'll merge them together, and then you'll change the composition around. And that's your artistic license coming through, which allows you to claim copyright over the image because you've changed so many aspects. Shepard Ferry did not change enough aspects in order to claim copyright ownership of the artwork. Once again, I'm pretty sure it was Shepard Ferry's work. I'm like 90% sure it was his. But if not, there's loads of other artists that have like it's happened to as well. Right. And so that was, that was, so that, that's how artistic licensing and artistic authorship works, right? You have to change enough things in order to claim the copyright of it. So does artificial intelligence change enough from its data sets to actually claim authorship? Or do we change enough with our prompts and the or give enough with our prompts for the AI to change enough for us to claim authorship over it. Once again, I don't have the answer. Shock horror, I know, right? But I'm giving you an insight into how it works and what it is. Um, we also come to fair use. So how does fair use apply to artificial intelligence generated artworks? Which, uh, <laughs> okay. So fair use is essentially when the original creator of a specific image or artwork 
allows people to use bits and bobs or use that image without having to credit the original artist for the work, which means you don't have to change an awful lot using your artistic license. But it also means you can't claim copyright ownership over that because somebody else has given copyright fair use ownership over it. My God, I can actually feel my brain hurting at this point trying to explain it. So you see some of the problems here. Now, this wouldn't be such an issue if artificial intelligence only got its data sets and data sources and it's... <coughs> sorry. And it only got its images ethically sourced from fair use image reference websites, et cetera, et cetera. Or people actually opted in to allow the use of its work, of their works. Wouldn't be such a massive problem. But it doesn't. We know and we are very aware that artificial intelligence unethically sources its data sets and images from just about everybody. Right? If you've ever uploaded anything online of an image or your artwork, it probably has it, right? And it's very unethical, which I think is absolute crap for it to use people's artworks. And there are artists online, and I have on Instagram as well, that have actually had their images used specifically to generate new artworks in their styles using image generation and AI to do it. And I think it's absolute crap, but there are artists I know that have had their work used and stolen, essentially. That's essentially what it is. It is being stolen. It's unethically sourced. They haven't given copyright. They haven't given... Um, copyright usage to allow the AI to use their works at all. So it's unethically sourced and it's ethically wrong for AI to be doing that. But it's also wrong for the individuals who are giving the prompt to claim that artwork as themselves. Themselves. You see you see all that? So if if it used just fair use artworks and fair use um images it wouldn't be such a problem but it doesn't many of the images have actually been copyrighted and there was a whole thing around uh bob ross artworks so a lot of the bob ross works are copyrighted by you know bob ross institute and stuff and the people who actually own the copyright of the bob ross now the copyright does expire recently it expired with mickey mouse for example but there's a there's another thing banksy so this, let me explain this. So Banksy used Mickey Mouse and Ronald McDonald, the McDonald's icon figure thing, to create one of his artworks. And no, he didn't own the copyright to it. To He didn't own the copyright to use those images, but there was enough changed for it to be considered an original, apparently. But there's loads of different problems with Banksy's copyright issues. That, that's a whole separate thing to explore. That's really complicated, right? Because it's Banksy. And he uses iconic artworks and iconic images that everybody knows. And that's, that's a whole separate problem. So we're going to move that one to the side. But there's a thing. Um, so Mickey Mouse's image copyright recently expired, which allows anybody to 
create their own version of Mickey Mouse or use the image of Mickey Mouse in artworks and stuff. And they don't have to supply credit or get copyright. They don't have to get copyright confirmation to use it and all sorts of stuff, which is fine. And so if AI also got its things off of expired copyright claims, then that also wouldn't be such a big deal. But there's all sorts of problems again with that. So the other thing as well, in the future, well, not so much the future, but currently <clears throat> every single country around the world has very different copyright rules and laws in their countries, which means how does that how does that work? I don't know. So if I were to generate, so I'm based in the United Kingdom. So if I generated an artwork and then uploaded it onto a Spanish stock photography website or something, or claimed copyright of the artwork in Spain, for example, would that mean that I owned it <clears throat> or something like that? There's, there's a whole lot of issues around different countries and different copyright laws and different countries. And everyone is slightly different, which means that certain countries could actually implement copyright laws over artificial intelligence artworks in the near future. But that's a little bit, that's not so much a big thing, but it's one of those things that different countries could do it. And so it could lead to a lot of controversy and a lot of people being outraged by different bits and bobs. Um, right. Last one, future implications. So as artificial intelligence technology continues to advance, what are the potential future implications for copyright law in the art world? So can we actually ensure that artists are fairly compensated for their work, regardless of whether it was created by human or machine? So that's a very interesting thing in my Bobby to talk about, is artist compensation. So first off, the future of artificial intelligence artworks is that it's not going away. It is here to stay. Too bad, learn to live with it, essentially is what they're saying to us. Um, but it is going to stay. It's, it's definitely not going away. It's too revolutionary and too groundbreaking to just disappear. So it's, it's here to stay, whether we like it or not. Um, but that doesn't mean that it can't evolve. So because it's so new, everybody is concerned about it. And there's all sorts of different things that are happening with it. But because it's so new, it also means that there's that future ground for it. Nothing is set in stone at the moment for it which means there is the potential for artists to actually be compensated for artificial intelligence generators using people's artworks or styles, specific styles or specific artworks to generate new images. So you could take Picasso's style and Picasso's artwork, for example. So anybody can now create a Picasso using artificial intelligence, correct? And that can fairly easily be tracked or stuff you know it's been artificially generated because of the metadata within the images and yeah you can remove it but it's it's one of those things it sort of stays within the metadata of the image um if you don't know what you're doing with it basically um and so it could actually be used that if ai generates the artwork then AI should have to pay the original 
copyright holder of the style and the artwork, which would be like Picasso's children and copyright holders and stuff like that. Which is interesting because that then claims that artificial intelligence created the artwork. But did we create the artwork giving it the prompt? Which is up for you to decide. But anyway, that's my little piece on this little thing and copyright over artificial intelligence artworks. I don't have the answers for these. Quite often I will have the answers for a lot of other things. But I don't have the answer to this. And the reason people don't have the answers for it is because it's so new. But because it's so new, it means that we can shape the future of how it will change and how it will evolve, which means that we have the power to change this. And we have the power to actually make it a way that will work for us and will work for others. So, yes, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And I will see you again in the next one, hopefully. Thank you.